Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel and to the podcast. It is 5.50 a.m. East Coast time. It is Friday, November 15th, and we have an eight-game NBA slate to discuss. Before we get into it, welcome to the channel. If you're new here, my name is Sal Vetri. I do indeed cover daily fantasy sports in the NBA, NFL, MLB, and the WNBA. We have NFL content going out every single day. I'll be releasing my ownership podcast today on Patreon, as well as just content across YouTube this weekend, tomorrow I'll be on the Osmo stream, tomorrow live stream YouTube, Sunday live stream YouTube, or Saturday Saturday live stream Patreon, Sunday live stream YouTube for NFL, and every single day an NBA video on this channel as well as NBA player projections in my model and interest pool. So be sure to check that out. My social medias are linked up down below at DFS on Twitter and SalVetri on Instagram. At lock last night at 8 p.m., I opened up the projections for free, so you had an hour to use those projections before the two-game night slate started. You had two and a half hours to use them before the showdown slate started get an idea for that i only tell that to my instagram following i put a story up and that's about it it's very just low-key if you see it you see it if not oh well so be sure to follow me on instagram that is the second day in a row i release something for free on there it's not going to be every single day it's more of a promotion to get people to follow me but i surely will try and keep that up on a weekly or or, or multi-time multiple times a week uh, so check me out over on instagram as well trying to build that following up if you're listening on the audio version, hope you're having a fantastic day. Be sure to leave a five-star rate and review when you have a chance. If you have a chance right now, it takes only a couple of seconds. If you get any value from this podcast episode, I really appreciate that. And if you get any value from this YouTube video, please hit the subscribe button. Let me know in the comments down below who do you think is the best value play of the night as of right now. Whenever you're watching this, maybe there's been some injuries and some value opened up. Maybe it's there's no injuries at all and we only have to use the slate's natural value, which there's some but not much. So thank you. I do appreciate that. And I do want to shout out Fantasy Draft. I can't get their salaries to load this morning at least. They wouldn't download, so we're not going to have their salary unfortunately for this video but still you should be checking out fantasy draft revolutionizing the way that you play dfs daily fantasy sports with taking out rake with pretty much not paying interest to the sites you can pay zero dollars if you want to if you only play a hundred dollars a month you get one dollar one dollar goes in one dollar comes out for you they don't take anything off the top you play more than that per month more than a hundred dollars per month which i'm sure many people do right more than 25 dollars a week comes down to only a couple dollars a day if you do you only have to pay one to two percent per month in some sort of subscription package as opposed to paying 10 to 15 percent every single day in in DraftKings. um so be sure to check out fantasy draft there's upsides to DraftKings, of course, as well, and FanDuel in terms of just the bigger prize pools that you can try and bank. Obviously, really difficult to do that, um, but in Fantasy Draft, you're just going to win more money long-term if you play on sites like that. There's a link down below in the description. I don't get a penny of what you do from clicking that link, but for transparency reasons, they will track that link to say, oh, they came from Salvatore's podcast or YouTube channel or Twitter page, whatever it might be, um, so we can know where it's coming from and potentially advertise on his channel in the future. That is it. That is all the plugs. Be sure to Follow me on those social medias, hit the subscribe button, five-star rate and review. Let's get into the video, starting with injury news. So Russell Westbrook is, by all means, probable as of right now. Again, I'm shooting this at 5.53, so if it's 4 in the afternoon he's ruled out because of rest, well, then so be it, because that's what we're about to talk about. Russell Westbrook, $8,400 on DraftKings today, very cheap price tag, but they've already announced that he's going to miss one of these days of the back-to-back, his back-to-back today and also tomorrow. Saturday. So if he does, if he plays today, he's not playing tomorrow. So we know that for a fact. Um, and we should see the news on him later today. Obviously, if he's out today, James Harden goes through the roof. They're still without Eric Gordon. They're still without. Um, they're, well, this this team is really injured. They're without Eric Gordon, Daniel House, obviously since the start of the year, Gerald Green and Danae and all those players. But now they're also out. No Clint Capella in this game. So 
there's no Russell Westbrook, and I imagine maybe Westbrook plays today because Capella's out. Maybe um, he doesn't play tomorrow if Capella comes back because they're really undermanned. So keep an eye on this. If Westbrook misses today, it's, it's just James Harden and P.J. Tucker from this entire team. That's it. There's nobody else. Austin Rivers would see a big bump up. Ben McLemore will continue to see playing time, but his price is up, and he's still a bad player at .56 fantasy points per minute. Um, Clint Capella, the other injury on Houston, he's out today, already ruled out with a head injury, $7,700. This is a guy playing 30 minutes per game, so Tyson Chandler is going to draw the start here, and then P.J. Tucker should also see center minutes. I like Tyson Chandler at $4,000. I really like P.J. Tucker now at $4,500. He's going to maybe be a little bit low-key, but he's going to see in this game probably close to 10 minutes at the center, um, and that's really good for P.J. Tucker's upside instead of playing out on the wing where he doesn't pick up as many peripherals at least as he did to start the season. For Indy, the same injuries, Miles Turner's ankle, Jeremy Lamb's ankle. It's going to help Goga, who is back today, actually. Um, for Indy, he is probable, so my, that's going to help him play a lot of center minutes, maybe even start at center. DeMontis Sabonis would then move to the four with Goga being back. Jeremy Lamb being out will help Aaron Holiday, Justin Holiday, and Malcolm Brogdon's overall production to an extent. Uh, for the Lakers, Rashawn Rondo rested in their last game, and he is probable for this game. Uh, it will affect Alex Caruso in the rotation, Quinn Cook's rotational minutes and backup point guard minutes, and LeBron James' overall usage as a point guard when Rondo is on the court with him. Daniel House continues to be out for Houston. I actually don't think I filtered this by team. I thought I did. Um, that would have got us Daniel House news up top, so we'll just filter it real quickly. There we go. So we can filter it by team. I'll finish up the Houston news, which is Daniel House is doubtful with his back injury. Again, Ben McLemore should start. We know Eric Gordon is still going to miss time. Austin Rivers and P.J. Tucker should see a bump up. Going to Utah, Dante Axum is finally back. They haven't had a backup point guard in quite some time due to some injuries. So Dante Axum finally back. He'll be backing up Mike Conley today. Um, he's probable with a knee injury. Trevor Ariza for Sacramento is questionable. The groin should continue to help Harrison Barnes play huge minutes. He's day-to-day -day with the groin. Um, so he's questionable, so it should help Harrison's, Harrison Barnes' overall minutes in production. Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's been absolutely killing it with no De'Aaron Fox, should help his minutes in production, although his price is now through the roof, but may be appropriate. Dwayne Dedman is, went from being questionable to now expected to play with an injury. Will impact Harry Giles and Rashawn Holmes. Uh, Hamadou Diallo from the Oklahoma City Thunder did not practice on Thursday, so he's listed as questionable with knee source. Terrence Ferguson did practice for OKC, so uh, he is usually the guy who plays the minutes anyways. He would just probably soak up a lot of those Hamadou Diallo minutes and be very un eventful and unproductive with them as one of the worst point per minute producers in the league for minnesota shabazz napier continues to be doubtful with a hamstring injury will continue to help jeff teague's minutes stabilize around 30 who is probable josh Okoji and jared culver will get more minutes off the bench but not really fantasy relevant jordan bell continues to be questionable with a shoulder injury missed the last game it will help to back up bigs minutes of noah bonley and gorgie dang but there's really no real impact. Carl Anthony Towns is going to play like 35 minutes anyways, um, so it doesn't really help for their fantasy upside. Uh, for We talked about Rondo, and then KCP is also questionable today, $3,300. Um, Caldwell Pope for the Lakers. He's questionable with an ankle injury. Would help Avery Bradley, Alex Caruso, Danny Green's overall minutes. Probably Danny Green the most at his price tag. Get him with a stable maybe 24 minutes. You have some upside there for fantasy, but... For the most part, no real impact. Um, like I said, Goga is probable with his concussion. It's going to push Jakar Sampson, probably just out of the starting lineup, makes DeMontis Sabonis go back to the four, really hurts Doug McDermott's minutes at the four and the five, and TJ Leaf, who's already just terrible, he'll probably get pushed from the rotation. Um, and then Detroit, Tony Snell is probable with a hip injury, uh, so he's not going to miss. Dwayne Dedman is only $3,200 now for a guy playing 25 minutes per game, but he's probable with a knee injury. He's expected to continue to come off the bench. He's been really bad outside of two games, but wow, 3200 is pretty cheap crazy price tag for boston both the bigs are questionable daniel tice with a finger um, and robert williams with an ankle if they both miss you saw ennis Cantor play decent minutes in the last game and produce pretty well so he would be the player that benefits the most if one of them miss well then the other one benefits if they're playing uh, and grant williams benefits to an extent if both of them miss backing up probably ennis Cantor as the primary backup center 
let's move over to the target offense sheet. We're still waiting on two of these games, um, their overall totals to come out. We're waiting on the Houston and Pacers total, probably because they don't know if Russell Westbrook's going to rest or not. They Because the team announced he would rest one night, but not both. And then we're waiting on the Sacramento Kings and the Lakers total, which maybe they're waiting on Anthony Davis' status or just trying to figure out the, the effects there. But, I mean, he's by all means probable as of right now. So, We'll continue to track those games. They don't start till 8 and 10.30, but those totals, I mean, I'm doing this at still 5 in the morning. Those totals should probably come out in the next hour or, or two. So just hitting on some of these games quickly. Um, when we go to Charlotte and Detroit, you're going to see an interesting price tag on both Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. Drummond's been in foul trouble as of late, so his his price at 8600 is actually really cheap. But with Blake Griffin maybe seeing more minutes at only 7100 price tag comes down after he dominated in limited time of, I think, 25 minutes and scores 35 fantasy points. Yeah, I have a lot of interest in... Blake Griffin playing the four against Charlotte today where he's going to match up directly against rookie PJ Washington who has been solid in his own right um, but still a good spot for Blake Griffin at that price tag now obviously the minutes limit is, is a big concern here but if you get Blake Griffin playing 28 minutes today at 7100 that's a smash price point and I do think if anything the minutes are going to come up now he's only had one full day of game activity and then he took a rest and there was nothing reported of any soreness or anything like that so I'd expect him to be playing. He's probably the thing I like the most from Detroit. Drummond, an outside interest if he's just going to go unowned. But a 111 team total is pretty nice. Three-point favorites, 219 game total. Slower-paced game here. So not really anything that I'm trying to go out of my way to get from the Charlotte side of this. Devonta Graham's supposed to continue to be in the starting lineup ahead of Dwayne Bacon, who continues to come off the bench. I think Dwayne Bacon at 3,200, if he's going to play somewhere around like 24, 25 minutes off the bench, is definitely worth it. Um, can he just get you 12 to 15 points because he's been atrocious? Yes. If he shoots decent, he'll get you into the 20s, maybe even touch 30. So I think $3,200 Dwayne Bacon stands out. Cody Zeller is cheap enough for me to have interest, but with Blake Griffin back, it's a little bit tougher of a matchup down low. A 108 team total, it's actually an okay team total relative to the slate. And there's just really one or two teams that are popping off, but that's a decent average size team total. So yeah, Detroit, it's really Blake Griffin. He stands out as if the minutes limit comes off a priority at 7,100. If not, it's just kind of another play that I, I like, and it probably grades out as good value, but nothing too crazy. If we don't get any value due to injuries, which on an eight game slate, I'm sure by, I don't know, noon or one or after shoot arounds, we'll know something about somebody not playing and it'll open up a ton of value. But if not, $3,200 Dwayne Debon or Dwayne Denman Dwayne Bacon makes a lot of sense but Terry Rozier's price comes up a thousand dollars I have no interest in him now in a tough matchup in a spot where they give up the fourth fewest points out of these 16 teams per game to the point guard position Orlando and San Antonio so some two really good defenses here to start with right <clears throat> in terms of points per possession and defensive re defensive rebounding and not allowing your opponent to have offensive boards really good matchup you see um, LaMarcus Aldridge's price come up to 6,600 it's not really a price that I care too much about if he's going to be like 2% owned it's a really tough matchup against Vooch but if he's going to be like 2% owned he's going to have to stay on the court way more than Jacopoto like they might go big with Jacopoto and start this game actually which they haven't done in a while but I'm not really too concerned that might actually be better if they start the game with Jacopoto getting um uh LaMarcus Aldridge on a lot more Isaac than any of um, set pieces really but I think he's still interesting outside of that DeJounte Murray's price tag is down to 5,500 in a matchup where Orlando's kind of not that great against guards like Markel Fultz Michael Carter-Williams, DJ Augustine, it's really a team that you're going to have your most upside in your guard. So, look, he's still on this minutes limit. I hate it, but at least he's not $7,000, $6,500. He's 5500 So I think my most interesting player from San Antonio is actually DeJounte Murray, but it's outside interest. It's not something that I'm, I'm forcing in there. On the Orlando side of the ball, it's really just Vooch. Uh, you have Aaron Gordon's price tag coming up. You have all these guys, Evan Fournier's price tag coming up. It's really just Vooch at his price tag of 7900 Continues to win in difficult matches, which matchups with is important. Like, he had a very good game the last time he was out there relative for his price tag against a guy, I think it was the same price tag, against a guy like Joel Embiid. So 
even if he faces Jakob Podol and or Lamarcus Aldridge today or Rudy Gay, um, I'm not really too concerned about it. From Orlando, it's really just Vooch. From San Antonio, it's outside interest in guys like DeJounte Murray, more interest in Murray than Marcus Aldridge today. Uh, but if, if you have Jakob Podol starting at the five and Aldridge at the four, I actually like that more. Usually, I will never say that. I always want a guy to start at the five if I'm rostering him over the four. But in this matchup, he would avoid a lot more... Um, Vooch. Now, if he starts at the four, Aldridge, and he plays 35 minutes, I imagine half, if not 20 of those minutes are going to come at the five anyways, but at least you have some time away from Vooch. Um, from the Minnesota and Washington game, this is like the game of the slate. I mean, we'll see what Houston and Indiana's and the Clippers and or, or the Lakers and Sacramento's totals look like, but a 238 and a half total. So many really nice pieces to play here. 122 and a half total, six point favorites for Minnesota. 116 team total for Washington, six and a half point underdogs, obviously. It's a nice pace game. It's slightly above average at 103.7 possessions per team. Look, I like Jeff Teague. Uh, he's 5,300, came back from his injury, played off the bench. I imagine he starts this time out, but he played off the bench and he played extremely well. Shabazz and Napier are still doubtful, so Teague should have all the opportunity in the world to play 30 plus minutes, which if you get Teague playing 28 minutes at this price tag of 5,300, it's a good it's a good spot for him in this matchup against Washington. Now you potentially get him playing 30 to 32. Yeah, I like Teague here. I love Carl Anthony Towns. It shouldn't be a shocker to anybody. He's going up against a poor rebounding team in Washington, and he's $10,000 flat. And in the last game, Carl Anthony Towns got in early foul trouble. He had like three fantasy points in the first quarter. The guy still finishes with 50-plus fantasy points. Just unreal how good this guy is. Um, so Carl Anthony Towns, yes, as the highest currently, we'll see what Houston's total looks like, but if there's no Westbrook, I imagine it'll be lower. Um, even if there is Westbrook, maybe it's not higher than 122.5, but currently has a 122.5 team total, the highest on the slate by six points. Um, yes, Carlington Town seems like the priority on the slate. Obviously, James Harden would become that if there's no Russell Westbrook. Harden might be it already anyways, but for me, Carlington Town stands out as, as the clear payup option, at least at center that I want to get to at only 10,000. Um, so from this Minnesota team, you do have Andrew Wiggins playing out of his mind. Uh, Teague now starting should take away a lot of his opportunities, but in the last game, Teague played a good amount of minutes. Didn't start, but played alongside Wiggins for a lot of the time, and Wiggins still was fine. So maybe they're actually doing what they said they were going to do um, in the preseason and stop shooting mid-range jumpers with Andrew Wiggins, which are low-percentage shots, and he couldn't make any of them, and he's been driving a little bit more. But the big thing is he's been shooting a lot more threes and actually making them maybe a little bit over his head there, but yeah, it's hard to um, knock Andrew Wiggins right now. He, he looks really good. The only concern is his price point is completely coming up, and when you have guys who are underpriced like Towns and, and Teague's probably appropriately to underpriced as compared to Wiggins where he might be appropriately priced, but if anything, he's overpriced. My priorities from this team go Towns, Teague, and then Wiggins. Um, you have a really good matchup at the four against Rui Hachimaria. It's going to be Robert Covington for parts of the game, but his minutes have just been so inconsistent. But if you think Robert Covington stays out there for 28 minutes, he's in a really good spot. If you're not going to play Towns today and you want a piece of this, um, these bigs from Minnesota in a favorable matchup against Washington, I think Robert Covington's a fine play. I think he's actually a nice value type of play as of right now with none opened at this time of day. But he's just kind of an outside interest for me. On the Washington side, $8,500 Bradley Beal stands out. Look, it's really hard to nail this guy down in terms of consistency. Uh, but you have a fast-paced game, a nice team total, and a really good matchup against Minnesota. Look, the Minnesota Bigs and Robert Covington and Towns have actually done really well on defense relative to their past two or three seasons. Um, the guards, though, it, it's similar to what it has been. You've seen steal percentages come up for Jeff Teague coming off an injury. We'll see how he performs, though, on defense moving forward. Um and just like the rookie Jerry Culver, they usually don't play defense, so it's kind of hurt their numbers. But with Teague back, it's going to be better than it has been the last week or two. Um, just because when people are filling in for you that are not nearly as good, it's going to hurt you at your position. Rookies usually don't play great defense um, unless you're Luka Dantich. But Washington, 
the priority for me on Washington that stands out the most is probably um, so you have Beal at 8,500. I think that's fine. I think it's interesting to see how people prioritize him. Usually Bradley Beal, especially after huge 60-point games like the last time out, people will just flock to him and play a ton of him. I think that's fine. I think playing him is okay in this spot and a nice team total. I think the priority for me is Thomas Bryant. Uh, yes, a tougher matchup down low against Covington and Towns. Um, $6,100, though, for a center who's going to play if he stays out of foul trouble, and that's a big if against Carlton Towns. 32 plus minutes, 34 minutes at $6,100 for a guy who's power forward eligible. He fits into your lineups nicely. He has a high team total uh, and above average pace. So my priority from Washington right now at this point in the day is Thomas Bryant. And then it's probably Bradley Beal. I think Isaiah Thomas is now appropriately priced to where I don't need to get him, but he's playing nice minutes once again. I don't really want to play Troy Brown, although he's in a good matchup. I'm not going to get there. So priorities from this game overall for me in this order are probably um, Carl Anthony Towns, Teague, Thomas Bryant, Bradley Beal, Robert Covington, Andrew Wiggins. That's about it. Uh, Memphis and Utah. So Memphis, terrible team total, 103.25. Um, I, I love this kid. And I love John Morant. I mean, if you guys didn't see his game-winning layup, and I say layup and it doesn't sound like it's cool, he went and split He split two defenders, and then he finished at the rim with three guys hitting him. No foul called. He makes the layup on the road, wins the game with like one second left. Unreal. This guy is one of the best finishers and that play like in its own right literally just shows you if you've never watched a lot of John Morant this year and I, I literally try and go back and just watch his tape because he's a younger Russell 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 wow Russell Westbrook at least and he's the only difference is he's actually hitting threes <laughs> like he's hitting above his head right now in threes but great he flies through the lane finishes like go watch that finish and, and just type it into Twitter John Morant game winning game winner or whatever um, and that is like the epitome of how good he's been this season at finishing three bodies, a center, a power forward and his but defender at the point. He hits, he takes on all the um, contact and he still finishes somehow doesn't get blocked. Uh, unreal. But um, anyways, it's a really tough matchup for him today. I'm not going to get there with the price point coming up. But again, he, he was fine in the last game to get to at his price tag. But this is just a really brutal matchup. Like, no, nothing on Memphis stands out. If you want to get to Joe Val, Jonas Valanciunas, if you want to get to an underpriced Jaron Jackson Jr., you can. But their both prices are coming up even then. Jaron Jackson Jr. is priced up now. Somehow he was like $700 cheaper the last time out for some odd reason. Uh, Joe Val's price is coming up for the minutes restriction kind of disappearing. Um, but against Utah, it's just one of the worst matchups you can have. On the opposite side, Utah is a very good matchup against this Memphis team here. You're going to have fine matchups across the board. I think the one that stands out for me the most is probably Rudy Gobert, but it's just tough. You have a cheaper um, Nikola Vucevic who's in a who's in a tougher matchup, but he's still cheaper and he has just shown that he's sort of matchup proof at this point. Um, so yeah, Utah Rudy Gobert stands out. You can get to the guys like Donovan Mitchell, albeit a tougher spot against the guards at the front of it. I think it's okay. There's really nothing from this game. Like I don't prioritize anything from Memphis. If you want to get to their bigs, if you have money left over, I think you can get to better spots than Joe Val and Jaron Jackson Jr but I won't argue with you for the talent at their price points. Um, and then from Utah, yeah, it's just nothing really stands out. Maybe Bojan stands out at the three in a nicer matchup um, here, but nothing else stands out that I that I feel like I, I have to be getting to in this spot. Conley doesn't stand out. Um, Donovan Mitchell, if I had to prioritize Utah for you right now, it would probably be Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and Bojan. But even that, like nothing is really too big. It's just a gross game. A, a, one, a 213 and a half overall team total is the second lowest currently on the slate right now. Nothing stands out at their current price points outside of maybe Mitchell and Gobert. Going to OKC in Philadelphia, you have OKC with a 105.7 team implied total as three-point underdogs. Two, Philadelphia's 108.75 team total. Yeah, it's just a spot where you have guys completely priced down because of the matchup, and that makes sense because of how scary this Philadelphia team is. I believe last time I checked, they were sixth in 
points per possession on defense, which is very good, six, six meaning six best in the league. Um, and they were just up there in terms of offensive rebounding rate, not allowing you to have second chance opportunities. Turnover percentage they were forcing was top two in the league. So this defense is just incredible. Obviously, they're all going to be healthy as of right now. Obviously, you, you can get news that uh, Joel Embiid is ruled out sometime soon. But you have Shea Gilgis Alexander price at let me let me tell you this price fifty nine hundred dollars for this matchup. It's a brutal matchup, a brutal matchup. But he's fifty nine hundred dollars, and he's he has not been good as of late. Like his hot start was very much aided by three point shooting and shooting in general. Um, and now Chris Paul's assist percentage has got going a little bit, and it's hurt Shea. So like fifty nine hundred dollars though, you see that price tag, and you're kind of baffled. At least I am. I mean, it, it dropped off by like a thousand dollars since his last price win because of this matchup. So I'm going to have interest in Shea Gilgis Alexander. You have a forty nine hundred dollars Stephen Adams, who I honestly don't have that much interest in. Like, how many times can we play Stephen Adams and hope he plays his twenty eight minutes and plays well? Even if he plays his twenty eight minutes today, which is a big if, he still has to play Joel Embiid, which is probably one of the worst matchups for Stephen Adams' skill set. So. And just no versatility on him. So I think I do like Shea. I think I like Steven Adams' price point. But if I'm trying to get anybody from the OKC side in a terrible matchup, it's probably just Shea at 5,900. There's like a lot that there's a lot that can go right for you and not a lot can go wrong at that price tag. As a point guard at $5,900, who I believe is shooting guard eligible, you can just throw him into your lineups. And if he gets you 30, he doesn't crush you. He seems like more of a cash play, even though there's risk because of the matchup. But he seems like more of a cash play if he just shoots half decent. GPP's at 5,900 if he's not picking up ownership because of the matchup. I think it's fine. If he's going to be really chalky, again, this is a brutal matchup for him, who a guy's been struggling as of late. Philadelphia side of the ball, um, nothing really stands out. Embiid is dirt cheap at 9,100, I believe. So that's, I guess, I'll walk back. Nothing stands out. That stands out. And it's somewhat difficult matchup against Steven Adams, but really. Embiid will crush any matchup. He just dropped 60-plus on Vooch so, uh, the last time out. So if everybody's healthy from this team, I really just want Embiid. Uh, you have Simmons' price tag coming up. Horford's price tag came up. Tobias Harris's actually came down. So Embiid and Tobias Harris stand out the most. But if I'm actually building lineups and I, I had to guess who I get to, it's probably just Embiid and not much of Tobias Harris. Even at 6,400, I think we have better options elsewhere that are more priorities on their team, maybe even play closer to the basket, like Thomas Bryant at just 6,100. Like right now, early in the morning, I haven't done my projections yet. Again, if you want them, they'll be on Patreon later today, linked up in this podcast and or YouTube description but Thomas Bryant being $300 less than Tobias Harris um, in a matchup where obviously uh, Thomas Bryant plays closer to the rim even in a difficult matchup I think I still would have him projecting out for probably like three to five more fantasy points than Tobias Harris for cheaper Houston and Indy really tough to talk about this game without knowing what happens with Westbrook so I'll kind of just gloss over it and say that Tyson Chandler at $4,000 as a center stands out like he's going to have to play 20 minutes if not 24 minutes here and that's a really good point per minute production from him PJ Tucker stands out because there's no Eric or Gordon there's no uh, Daniel House he's doubtful and then there's no Clint Capella so in terms of people who could rebound yeah right now on your team it's like Tyson Chandler what Russell Westbrook and and PJ Tucker so I actually like P.J. Tucker's price point, so I, I hope a lot of people look at his game logs and don't expect him to see a big benefit from no Clint Capella, but his, he'll probably play some center minutes. We saw that happening last year in the playoffs. They put P.J. Tucker at the five more because he's really good at defense, um, and he's actually versatile, can shoot threes, and you could stretch him and play small, and this makes sense if like playing small in this matchup doesn't make too much sense if Miles Turner's in, but you have Goga and Sabona, so it hurts you to play small, so I think Tyson Chandler stays on the court, and you got a lot of P.J. Tucker staying closer to the rim at the four against Sabonis, so this could be a nice spot for um, Tucker and really hurt Sabonis' upside. So from Houston right now, um, give me Tyson Chandler and P.J. Tucker and James Harden with the news that Russell Westbrook is um, going to be out. With the news that Russell Westbrook is in, I prioritize it as uh, P.J. Tucker 
um, Tyson Chandler still, and then Russell Westbrook, then Harden. So it's nothing against Harden. It's just that it's hard to get to him. He's still going to be an early interest of mine. I just have a lot of interest in Houston in general because Russell Westbrook is $8,400. And he is, yes, he's at some point going to have a triple-double. Um, and if he's going to rest tomorrow and play today, I'd imagine he goes all out today. So Houston's kind of a tricky team because they do have value pieces in Tucker and Chandler, but you don't want too many of these guys, and a lot can go wrong with Chandler if he only ends up playing like 15, 20 minutes, um, then he gets in foul trouble, or he's just not great that night, and, and you have all of his rebounds being stole by Russell Westbrook. Chandler becomes a much more safe value play if Russell Westbrook's out because he's probably going to get like two more rebounds than he normally would, if not more. Pacers side of the ball. Yeah, Goga's back. Um, it, it should be an okay matchup for him with no Clint Capella out there. So you can go to Goga if you want his value as well. I just don't know if I trust him too much. He'll probably play 24, 25 minutes at somewhere near a point per minute production. So I think it's actually okay. So bonus price tag up to 8,700 against Tyson Chandler and PJ Tucker. It's a some, it's a good matchup for Sabonis' skill set. I just struggle paying an $8,700 price tag when you have Embiid for $400 more. Like, I, I really don't know in what world I pay for Sabonis over Embiid, um, even in, like, cash or even GPP. So it's tough for me to get the Sabonis today. From the Pacers, what pretty much stands out is Brogdon's price tag is still um, affordable for me in the 8K range, I believe. Um, and then you also, or maybe even in the 7K range, we'll see on the next page. And then you also have Goga. That's about it. I don't really want the, the Aaron Holiday fill-ins at $5,000. I don't need any of that. I don't want TJ Warren here. Um, that's, uh, I'll just talk, I'll skip over the Clippers or the Lakers and Sacramento game. Um, well, actually I can just say that Bojan Bogdanovic is priced up, Buddy Hill's priced up. If you want to get to him, it's fine. Rashawn Holmes at $5,800 seems like a fine play as well and a good matchup. So all these guys are appropriately priced on San, on Sacramento right now. Uh, Bielitsa is priced up. Uh, Harrison Barnes is priced up. You're not getting any value from them, but you are getting upside with no De'Aaron Fox still for some weeks now. So the way that I prioritize Sacramento is probably still Bojan, even at his price tag, but I don't want to pay it. So I'm not going to get to too much of Sacramento as of right now. We'll see where they all grade out. But Bojan, uh, Rushon Holmes, and Buddy Hield in that order stand out. For the Lakers, Anthony Davis is just a smash play against Rashawn Holmes and the, the Dwayne Denmans and Harry Giles. Uh, he's the priority for me from the Lakers is Anthony Davis and then LeBron James. And then I don't care about any of the values. Um, Danny Green somewhat stands out if KCP misses for some extra run. But with Rashawn Rondo back, I don't think it hurts um, LeBron James upside that much. But I'm just going to prioritize Anthony Davis on this sort of a slate. Golden State and Boston. Um, you have a really cheap, like $8,000 flat and a tough matchup for sure against Kemba and Marcus Smart. Um, you have a really cheap D'Angelo Russell, who I'll still have interest in at his price tag just because he's going to hit value in that spot more times than not. Uh, Draymond Green continues to be cheap and just continues to not give a shit and not produce out there. So I'll trust D'Angelo Russell to shoot his 25 shots and make like a third of them. And then I'll also take stabs at Willie Cauley-Stein at a below $5,000 price tag, playing somewhat stable minutes, uh, and probably gets Ennis Cantor for parts of this game, if not the whole game. Boston side of the ball, lot stands out here. Our 116.5 team total is currently the second highest on the slate. You have Jalen Brown's price tag stabilizing and continuing to come up, so I don't really want to get there. But you have uh, Jason Tatum's price tag stabilizing and dropping by $100. So I like Tatum there. I think you can get to Kemba. I think Kemba is one of my favorite point guard plays on the slate in that range, at least. So in this game, you have two really underpriced point guards. $8,200 Kemba Walker against Golden State uh, is just is a misprice, in my opinion. $8,000 of D'Angelo Russell against Boston is pushing his salary down way too much because of his matchup, like $500 too much. So give me both point guards are the priorities from this game. I prioritize it as Kemba Walker and then D'Angelo Russell from this entire game. And then I get to Jason Tatum, the third most, and then maybe Willie Cauley-Stein fourth. So let's get to my early interest. And then we will close out this podcast and YouTube episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're still watching. I'm trying to crush through as many subscribers as we can. 
to hit our goal of 20,000 by Christmas, which would be pretty much exactly like six weeks from now, right around there. Maybe not exactly, but I really do appreciate all the support. Let me know in the comments down below. Once again, who do you think is the best value of whenever you're watching this? Injuries could have happened. It doesn't matter. Who do you think is the best value as of the time of you watching this? Uh, so getting to my early interest, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, and Joel Embiid are the three players I put up top that are $9,000 or above as pay-up options. I like all of them. They're clearly all centers. Anthony Davis can go into your power forward spot, so you have to prioritize this. I, I, I want to see what happens with the ownership on Embiid and Towns and Davis because I think they'll cut into each other enough, and I think one might break free. Towns usually picks up a lot of ownership, so if he's being highly owned, you can get to the cheaper Embiid, who has similar upside and similar projections for $800 less, and then you can get to Anthony Davis, who's similar as well, and he's cheaper, and he can put into a power forward spot, so all these guys are going to play 30-plus minutes for you. They're all hovering around a 30%-plus usage rate, and Bede's at 33%, Anthony Davis at 30 and Towns at 29 They're all great plays, so it really it will just be an ownership play for me at that point. Oh, but Sal, where's James Harden? Look, he's a great play. If there's no Russell Westbrook, Harden tops this list. You can get to him either way, but his salary is now 12300 so there's a little less of an emphasis to get to him, in my opinion. If he's like 2 4 5% owned, really cheap in ownership, then yeah, sure, get to him a little bit more. And now you get to the second range of just my only 8K players I have interest in are Kemba Walker and D'Angelo Russell. I talked about it. They're from that same game. D'Angelo Russell, I have more interest in Kemba here. Um, they both play similar minutes. Kemba plays about 34 per game. Russell plays around 32 and a half. Russell has a 34% usage rate, only going to continue to go up the more he plays without Steph Curry. Um, Kemba playing with a lot of other mouths on his team has a 28.7% usage rate. But Kemba has a much easier matchup. Kemba's only point guard eligible, so they're both averaging similar. Like, they're the same player this year to an extent, not like for fantasy and how they overall produce at a high level. 42 and a half fantasy points per game for Kemba, 43 for D'Angelo Russell. I'm going to have to look into this more. Um, we'll see what the projections look like, how much it weights the matchup, because D'Angelo Russell is cheaper one, and he's shooting guard eligible, and he's going to have to be all of the usage on his team. So I might later in the day um, prefer D'Angelo Russell over Kemba, depending on what these projections look like. You can check those out on Patreon. In the 7K range, you have Vooch at 7,900 playing 32 minutes a game with a 26% usage rate. I think he's fine. Malcolm Brogdon at 7,600 continues to be a really good play. He's going to continue to grade out really well for me. He gets Houston, which should be sort of a track meet um, as a shooting guard eligible um, point guard. You're going to get him with a 30% usage, 34 and a half minutes per game. I think Brogdon's my favorite 7K play in the day. But that's a very big if, because if Blake Griffin's minutes limit is lifted or they're telling you he's going to play 28 today at 7,100, it's really hard not to like Griffin, who's only power forward eligible, oddly enough, uh, scored 35.3 fantasy points in his first game back on very limited minutes into the mid to low 20s. So Blake Griffin at 7,100, if his minutes limit is at 28 or higher or completely gone, he'll be my favorite 7K play day, 7K play of the day and one of my favorite plays in the day. But as of right now, it's going to be Brogdon. Jason Tatum at 7,400 seems interesting as well. Only player in the 6K range I wrote down was Thomas Bryant. We already talked about him in a really high, high, really good game environment. Above average pace, highest total for the game on the slate, uh, third highest team total on the slate, or second highest team total on the slate. $6,100 is really hard, tough to ignore for a center playing 30 minutes per game on average with a 20% usage rate. I do like that spot for him. Shea Gilkich Alexander is $5,900, shooting guard eligible, 35 minutes per game, 25% usage rate. His production is coming down as Chris Ball continues to be a little bit better, and we expected that to happen because Paul wasn't going to be terrible all season long, but it's because of the matchup but for 5900 and if he's low owned it's a very good play if not then it's just sort of a cash play my favorite play in the 5k range is right now jeff teague point guard only 26 minutes per game but those are going to stabilize around 30 but no shabazz napier behind him and that's also taking into account a game he left early due to injury um, and then 22.4% usage rate um, is okay as well. That'll only go up with no Shabazz Napier playing alongside of him for like three to four minutes a game and then also coming off the bench. So Jeff Teague's my favorite 5K play. Cody Zeller at 5,400 is sort of an afterthought without how many good centers are on the slate. 
and he's only center eligible. Um, but I think he's okay at this price. He's definitely okay at the price tag for a guy who's averaging 30 fantasy points per game um, and a guy who plays 27 minutes per game on average. But those can get a little bit wonky. 19% usage rate at 5400 uh, at, at the same position of center. I'd rather just save money and get down to like the, the ultra value type of plays in the 4K range or just find the money to get up to a guy like Thomas Bryant. And his canter is in yellow for me. He's 4,900 against Golden State. Um, I should have mentioned this in the team breakdowns. If you have Daniel Tice and Robert Williams out, I like Ennis Cantor. If one of them plays, I'm probably not going to get to Cantor because Robert Williams, if he's in, will play 20-plus minutes. If if Tice is in, he'll play 24, 25-plus minutes. So it really just crushes the the floor and ceiling of what Cantor can do. If they're both out, then I do like Cantor. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein at 4,700 is, is similar to like Cantor as if, if Cantor is in and, and those other guys are out. Cantor and Collie Stein will grade out very similar for me. I'll probably have Cantor as a little bit higher because he's just in the better overall team total of 116.5 compared to the Warriors of 108.5. Collie Stein's on here just though because he's a cheap center who's going to continue to play more minutes as time goes on, and he's relatively productive on a point-per-minute basis. P.J. Tucker I like a lot today. He'll play a lot of power forward, and if Russell Westbrook is out, his rebounding rate will go significantly up. Clint Capella's out, so his rebounding rate's already going to go up, and he's 4,500, and he's going to be a power forward that you can put into a small forward spot. So as of right now, 6 in the morning, I do like 622. I do like Clint Capella, but that can change, of course, depending on injury news of Russell Westbrook. Jake Lehman's a built-in value that seems nice, playing a consistent 25 to 26, 27, 26 and a half on average minutes per game. 4400 $4,000 Tyson Chandler filling in for Clint Capella today. He's a point-per-minute producer, so if he plays 20 minutes, you're going to get a lot out of Tyson Chandler. If he plays 22 to 24, it's going to be very good. I just don't know how much minutes Tyson Chandler can actually play at this point in his career. It's probably 20 is like what his cap is. Gogat, $4,000 is a nice value. He should start pushing Devontas Sabonis to the four with no Miles Turner still. Trey Lyles is built-in value at only power forward eligible, $3,800. He continues to start. Uh, for San Antonio, this could be a spot against a big San Antonio team that they put Marcus Aldridge at the four, and then they put Jacopoto at the five. There's um, backup center, second or third year center. So if that happens, and Trey Lyles at 3,800 is no longer built in value. I should also point out that Trey Lyles is not like any smash play. Same thing for Jake Lehman. These guys should be in yellow as they're the built in values on the slate right now that if any injuries happen, they immediately become not interesting to me. Same can be said for Marco Guterich with no Grayson Allen still. He's been filling in for him, playing somewhere around 20 minutes per game, and being relatively productive when he shoots well. It's $3,700. It's a huge risk, of course, relying on shooting there. But again, if there's any sort of other value that opens up, guys like Jake Lehman, Trey Lyles, Goga, Marco, they, they really don't matter all that much anymore so with that said thank you all for tuning in i'll put this back on the target offense sheet where you can also download over on patreon check it out have a look down in the description there are free strategy guides to play nba dfs nfl dfs are down there and dfs in general a lot of strategy i have a daily fantasy course that you can if you want a hundred dollars off my daily fantasy course leave a comment hey sal can i get that coupon i'll give you a hundred dollars off the course it'll only be fifty dollars instead of 150 Lots of hours of videos in there and a lot of trainings that I do for uh, daily, daily fantasy NFL that can also be applied to other stuff. I'll have an NBA course out later this year as well um, once I have time to actually do that, once the NFL starts to slow down. But thank you so much. Follow me on Instagram. Be sure to follow me over there where I do exclusive just kind of free uh, things opened up on Patreon. And I only tell my Instagram following with like a very subtle post or very subtle story like last night. And if you see it, great. If not, oh well. But you can only see it if you follow me. So check that out. And follow me on Twitter at DFS. I do appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to check out the link in the description below to fantasy draft if you want to play over there rake free dfs it's very cool Uh, it's interesting to check out and you're going to automatically save yourself money it's crazy that people just think these ad reads are um like they're they're bogus or something like you're going to save money so check it out again my name is sal i appreciate each and every one of you hit the subscribe button five star rate and review before you leave 
Peace out, gang. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.